Welcome to the Success in Medicine podcast. I'm Dr. Rajini Kata, the author of The Successful Match, and I'm here with my partner and co-author, Dr. Samir Desai. And Samir, on today's episode, I wanted to talk about some really astounding news that came out recently about the USMLE Step 1 exam scoring. So, Samir, can you update us on the big news? Yes, Rajini, the big news was announced on February 12th, 2020, and what the governing bodies declared on that day was that the USMLE Step 1 exam would shift from numerical scoring to pass-fail grading, and that this change would take place not before January 2022. So this really has a lot of implications for applicants. And as you and I have written about in our books, over the years, the USMLE Step 1 exam, that three-digit numeric score has really increased in importance over the years to the point now where if you're applying for competitive residencies or if you're applying for competitive programs, that a lot of those programs use cutoff scores. So for example, in dermatology, some programs might not even interview you unless you had a step one score of at least 240. So this is really a dramatic change in the whole residency match process. And I know you and I have talked about this already, but we do believe it's going to impact different groups of applicants in different ways. And so on today's episode, I really wanted to discuss how this change is going to impact one particular group of residency applicants, and that is International Medical Graduates, or IMGs. So Samir, you and I have talked about this already, and I know we've talked about whether for an IMG applicant, is this a net positive or a net negative? And, uh, and I have to say, I think it's a net negative. I think that it is going to impact IMGs in a significant way. And because of that, they're definitely going to have to change their match strategy. Now, having said that, I do think there are some opportunities here that if an applicant really plans carefully, can take advantage of. I am concerned that it may be a net negative. And of course, we're going to have to see how it all plays out. But the reason I'm concerned is that currently we only have two measures available to residency programs that they can easily use to compare applicants. And those two measures are your USMLE Step 1 exam score and your USMLE Step 2 CK exam score. Now, with this change in grading, the Step 1 becomes pass-fail and the Step 2 CK as of our conversation today remains numerical and scoring. So that leaves programs now with just one measure that they can easily use to compare applicants from all over the world. And why is that of such importance, being able to compare an applicant who's international medical graduate with somebody in the United States? For residency programs, it can be really challenging to understand the background, education, and training of international medical graduates because they come from all over the world. There are so many countries and there are so many medical schools within each country that that makes 
things very, very challenging for a residency program. And so that's one of the reasons, but not the only reason, why the USMLE exams have taken on uh, importance as the years have gone by. So really, it's an objective measure where they can say, okay, um, we don't necessarily know a lot about your medical school, but we can see that you've achieved this standardized test score. That's kind of one way that that score has been used, correct? That's right. And so going forward, I know you have a lot of clients who are IMGs, and I know this has caused a lot of consternation. So it will take effect sometime after January 2022. For applicants who are planning to apply after that time, how do you counsel your, how do you counsel your clients? I mean, how should we take this change and how might it affect their particular residency match strategy? The first thing that I would tell residency applicants is that although your step one exam is now changing to pass-fail grading, to not take that exam lightly because the strategies in terms of studying, the techniques that you use to do well on that exam, this is going to be the time to really solidify those study skills, those study strategies, because you will be taking that step one exam before you take the step two CK exam. And if you are able to adopt effective strategies that have been proven to be successful on the step one, that's going to carry over to your step two CK studying. And since that exam is now likely to take on more importance, that is going to be a very crucial part of your strategy uh, for getting into residency. So that makes a lot of sense. Even though the exam is becoming pass-fail, it's still a very high-stakes exam. You need to, one, make sure that you pass, but also you're saying that you really need to hone those study skills because you're going to need it for a second high-stakes exam. That's right. And that is what you want to focus on with your step one studying is to get yourself using the right strategy so that you can do really well on your step two CK exam. So what would be your second piece of advice for an applicant? My second piece of advice has to do with the timing of the step two CK exam, and that is when to take that test. Right now, most international medical graduates take that exam in the late spring or early summer, just before they apply for residency in September. Generally then, that score comes out with just a few weeks or even a few months before you apply for residency. And let's just take a scenario where you have an international medical graduate who takes that exam, and then perhaps that person doesn't score as well as he or she would have liked. Now you only have a few weeks or maybe a few months to do things to overcome that score. In other words, to strengthen your application so that residency programs will be very interested in you. And that is not a lot of time to do those things that can make you a stronger applicant. So really timing now becomes very important as they're planning out their match strategy. Makes a lot of sense. What is another piece of advice that you would give an IMG? Another piece of advice I would offer 
is to establish what I call an area of excellence. And by that, I mean, take something that you're very passionate about in medicine and really follow it all the way through to the point where you can make as many contributions in that area as possible. And by that, I mean, you know, if you're into research, to, to take that as far as you can and to do whatever is needed to be productive, where you're publishing a lot and you're presenting a lot. If it's community service that you're very passionate about, what can you do in that area to make yourself stand out? And there's a lot of different areas of excellence that you can focus on. But if an applicant focuses on that, especially early in their process, then they become even more attracted to residency programs. And if you are in that situation where you take the step two CK and it doesn't go as well as you would like, you have things then in your application that you can point to and say to residency programs, I have a lot to offer. And that's something that can protect you in this situation because no one can be sure what's going to happen when you have a high stakes exam and now you only have one numerical high stakes exam that's going to be presented to a residency program. You know, I really like that piece of advice for another reason as well. And it's so important that, you know, I had a, a colleague say to me that she knew that when residency programs were looking at her application, she had so much to offer, but a lot of programs were gonna focus in and they were gonna say, she was all about this three digit score, that they weren't necessarily seeing the holistic view of everything that she had to offer to a program. And that really stuck with me because it's true. Applicants are so much more than a particular three digit score. And I think, you know, this is a way to protect yourself from a single day's performance on an exam, but it's also a really valuable opportunity now that they've taken away this three digit score to really be able to highlight all these other aspects of what you have the potential to bring to a program. And so I think that's really important. And along those lines of developing that area of excellence, I think one of the things that I want to really highlight what you said was that this is something that you should be starting early in the process. So I know you've had other clients who have really sort of hunkered down and just focused on doing nothing but study for the USMLE exam. But what you're describing, trying to develop an area of excellence in research, for example, that's not something you can do in three months. I don't even know that that's something you can do well in one year. Um, that's kind of really a long range plan, correct? That's correct. And it will require applicants to give considerable thought to what that strategy is going to be at an earlier point than perhaps they're doing now. But, you know, the good news is every person has something that they're really excited about. And I'm a big believer that if you create a strategy around what that passion is, over time, you can really make a mark in that area. And that is something that you're going to really enjoy doing. And when residency programs see that, they're going to see the potential you have to make those types of contributions as a resident in their program. And we talk a lot about USMLE scores, but these other things also do matter to residency programs. And one of the reasons they shifted the scoring to pass-fail is so that programs would do more of a holistic review. And if that does take place, then those things that applicants are doing in terms of establishing an area of excellence are really going to be meaningful to these programs. And 
And just as an aside, too, I mean, we know there's so many IMGs who are in practice across this country and in leadership positions and who are doing wonderful, fantastic things in terms of organized medicine leadership or community service across the country or in research contributions across the country. And so I and I know you have clients who've also made an impact even very early in their career in these areas. So I think it's wonderful to recognize that these are these are opportunities that there are opportunities to start making an impact, even if you're starting at a very uh, at a very initial level. It's good to explore these um, interests of yours and to explore the opportunities that are available. And as a bonus, it will help you as you apply for the residency match. And uh, you mentioned research. You mentioned community service. You mentioned leadership. I think this is uh, going to be a good topic for a future episode on the podcast about sort of strategies around developing an area of excellence. I think that's something we should come back to um, in a future episode as well. Uh, But getting back to the question right here, do you have any other advice that you would offer an IMG who was planning out their match strategy? I would also like to talk about U.S. clinical experience. That's something that has been important to residency programs for international medical graduates. And so while that's not new, it's also very possible that that becomes even more important to residency programs who are considering applications submitted by IMGs. And so for that reason, applicants may wish to strengthen that area in every way that they can. And there are different ways to do that. I'll just mention a couple. One is to do more U.S. clinical experience than what is typically recommended. So right now, the typical IMG will do three months of U.S. clinical experience because that will net you three U.S. letters of recommendation. But if they do additional months, it's quite possible that programs would look upon that more favorably. And certainly many programs do even now, but that may Uh, take on more importance down the road. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, And I'm sorry, you were about to say something else as well? The other aspect of the U.S. clinical experience that I believe IMGs should focus on even more is how to prepare themselves to perform at a high level during the clinical experience. So currently, if you're an IMG and you're going to do a three-month U.S. clinical experience, it takes quite a while for you to get comfortable. Uh, First of all, you're new to the U.S. and you are new to the healthcare system, and all that takes time. So it may take weeks to even a few months for you to reach your peak level of performance. And so those initial letters of recommendation that may be generated from the attendings, the doctors that you work with in the first month or two may not accurately reflect all you have to offer. And so anything you can do to become well-informed about what it takes to make a great impression on a U.S. physician will allow you to, you know, perform uh, at that level that you desire and get that letter that, you know, reflects how strong you are as a physician. No, and that makes absolute sense. You're not going to do your best work your first month on a rotation necessarily. You do need some experience 
So that makes a lot of sense that you might need more experience overall to really sort of hone your skills and get to a, a higher level. Uh, and just to sort of summarize, I think there are several important points in what you said. So I think going forward, I agree with you. I think residency programs are going to be looking at the uh, at the quantity of U.S. clinical experience that you've had. They want to know that you're very comfortable in the U.S. medical system. They're also going to be really concerned about the quality of that experience. And the third point that we touched upon is that very important aspect of letters of recommendation. And I think going forward for the entire residency match, when you're lacking a USMLE step one score, the letters of recommendation are going to be really taking on uh, greater importance. And that's another topic for a future episode where I really want to delve into what an applicant can do to try to ensure the strongest letter of recommendation possible, just given how important it's going to be. But to your point, it's kind of this idea that an IMG is definitely going to have to have um, good, strong U.S. clinical experience that is high quality, that is also leading to a strong letter of recommendation. And as they're planning out their match strategy, they need to be thinking about that probably really early on, correct? That's absolutely right. Yeah, like where are you going to do your rotations? Who are you going to do those rotations with? Um, who are you hoping to get a letter of recommendation from? Yeah, that's going to have to be early in the match strategy. Do you have any other pieces of advice as uh, applicants are planning out their match strategy? The other piece of advice that I would offer is that as residency programs are encouraged to do a more holistic review, every component of the application becomes more important at an earlier stage. So now they're gonna take a closer look at the residency application. They're gonna take a closer look at the personal statement. And IMGs must think about how can they stand out in these documents as opposed to blending in with the sea of IMG applicants that are out there. So that also is going to be an important point to, to remember for IMG applicants. Oh, and I think that would be another topic for a later episode as well. And in the show notes on uh, for this episode, I'm going to make sure that we include links to several of the resources we have around these topics, specifically um, how to excel on a clinical rotation and how to ensure the strongest letter of recommendation possible and how to obtain U.S. clinical experience. I think we touched upon several measures that we have a lot of information about on our website. So on the uh, on the web page for this particular episode, I'm going to make sure we link to some of those resources that we have. So Samir, thank you so much for speaking about this. And I think um, it'll be really interesting for all of us to see sort of how this shapes residency program directors approach in the future as well as match strategies so thank you <music>